and welcome on in to the Northwestern Soccer Podcast, affectionately called Kicking It. Affectionately or officially? Both. We affectionately call it that, but it's the official name. There we go. Uh, I'm Emmett Malik, joined by Austin Miller here at WNUR Sports, kicking off the 2017-18 podcast season, especially the fall podcast season. I just realized that this was a podcast, but when, well, I knew it was a podcast, but when you introduced me, I did the old Fernando Fiore, you know, salute <laughs> towards the microphone, but obviously the listeners were not able to see that, so I will try to keep my references and jokes in the audio format for the remainder of this podcast. Thank you, Austin. Uh, we're really excited to be here, uh, you know, soccer at Northwestern, that's what we're going to be covering, and then as we progress through the year, you'll see one international soccer segment a week about Whatever really fancies Austin Miller's boat, you know, whatever he wants to talk about. That's not true. It's whatever fancies what I think other people yeah, will want true. to talk about. Because what I want to talk about is yeah. not going to be what anybody else wants yeah, to true. talk about. What Austin thinks are the hot topics of the week. But let's cut to the chase here. We're here to talk about Northwestern soccer, men's and women's. We have two great programs on campus. And right now, especially, we want to start with Northwestern's women's soccer. Last year, Big Ten champions for the first time in history. Third round of the NCAA tournament. Just a really good year all around. Austin, why don't we get started on this year's iteration of the team? They're actually four games in, and, you know, maybe not the the picture-perfect start as last year. They're 2-1-1, uh, one and one, but some good showings so far. What's been your initial impression? Yeah, uh, it's hard. Um, I think we were both, you and I, were both in attendance for both of the first two matches. Uh, the 1-0 win against DePaul and the 3-0 blowout win against Illinois State, and we came away... Very, very impressed um, in those from those matches. And then the team went out west, and I think we kind of realized that this schedule is certainly... And, and we knew this, but it, it, it showed that the schedule is not as easy as it was last year. Because a really tough match against um, Long Beach State that the Wildcats lost 2-0... Uh, a frustrating night, Long Beach State, a very physical team, a very athletic team. I thought they were better on the night. Um, and then the Loyola Marymount game where I thought Northwestern did probably pretty well to get a result. A tough road trip, but again, good tier competition. It's not as though Northwestern went on the road and lost to poor teams. Long Beach State made the NCAA tournament last year. Loyola Marymount beat Purdue already this year, who's a very solid Big Ten team. So Michael Moynihan has tested his bunch. I think they've responded all right so far, but I definitely think there's room to grow, but it's the time of the year where you can grow. Yeah, it's non-conference play. I think that's exactly right. And now they've got a three-game homestand coming up. And, you know, one thing that was impressive for Northwestern is coming back twice against Loyola Marymount. Not something that this team is really built to do. And another note on that game is uh, star center back Hannah Davison went down uh, in that loss to Long Beach State. And you can tell immediately that Northwestern's spine isn't the same. Their whole team is built around their three best defensive players, Lauren Clem, Hannah Davis, and Kayla Sharples. When one of your core three goes down, you're you're going to be in trouble. I think that's why they conceded two goals. And to do it in back-to-back matches is really hard to imagine for a team that's so good in the back. It is, and the Davison injury is something that has to be watched going forward because she is an integral part of the spine of this team, and there is absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, and if she missed an extended period of time, that would be frustrating. Um, so 
that is probably the biggest takeaway from these matches is not necessarily the result because the Big Ten is tough enough, Northwestern's remaining non-conference schedule is tough enough that they can quote-unquote bounce back from anything that happened on this road trip to hurt their eventual NCAA tournament resume. They still will be able to play their way or, God forbid, play their way out of an NCAA tournament based on what's in front of them. But if Davison were to suffer a long-term injury, that, that'd be a big, big question mark for this team. Yeah, I, I agree, Austin, and it's it's very early in the season, so we're very, very far away from any warning bells at all. And you and I, when we watched them twice, they looked very good. Yeah, and, and, and even in defeat, um, not so much in the Long Beach State game and the Loyola Marymount game, obviously not defeat, but to come back twice and score two goals, that's something this team couldn't do last year. They were not able to do that, so that's a positive sign. And really great to see Brent Oliveira get back on the score sheet after... Uh, missing second half of last season with an ACL injury, back scoring, great for the team, they need goals. And then the other thing we want to talk about so far through the first four games is that we've been really impressed with the freshmen, Austin. They've almost all caught our eye in their minutes on the, on the pitch. And, you know, who's who stood at you the most? And we can go and talk about, you know, each of them a bit. Yeah. Really, every freshman had every freshman has gotten onto the pitch, and I've liked what I've seen from every freshman. Uh, Steigletter and Stahlschmidt in attack. Uh, impressed me with how how poised they were right when they came into this side and they kind of went straight into it and, and started making differences. Uh, Nia Harris is an athletic player and it showed the second she came on against Illinois State, she changed the complexion of that match and was very good. Maddie Kennel is maybe not the tallest, but is a very physical player and in kind of a hybrid, you know, false nine, number 10 role, whatever it is you want to call it. I think she's playing really good physical football from that position. Kylie Fisher, another attacking player, which is kind of where this team struggled last year. I think it's good to see the attacking freshmen have played well. Uh, and McKenna and Gotti uh, came straight in, started for this team at right back. Then with the injury to Davison, switched into that center back position, uh, you know, and obviously there's going to be some differences there for her playing alongside Sharples, but it was good to see her get into that role and do okay in it and show her versatility as well. And for Northwestern, you know, some injury trouble at the beginning of the year. Makia Smith has been out. We don't know when she'll return. But I want to ask you, we've talked about this off the air, you know, there's a bit of a selection dilemma now for Michael Moynihan. He's got a lot of options. Play, with the play of McKenna and Gotti. Where does Nakia Smith slot in? Does she return to her starting role that she's been in the last year and a half? Or is she a bench player that her speed maybe can be turned from defense to offense? Yeah, I think it's it's tough to say. It really is. I think you could see her featuring in a lot of different spots because it is that versatility that we talked about. I think last year she played in defense more out of necessity than anything, especially once Brenda Lavera went down. Cassidy Gorman got shifted forward more. Caitlin Moore got moved to the other side of the pitch. And Nakia Smith was back in defense because I don't know that Michael Moynihan felt he had other bodies that he could put there. Now I think he feels like he has a little more depth there. And Nakia Smith, as we saw with Nia Harris, pace can absolutely change matches at this level with the opposition that Northwestern plays. And so if Nakia Smith can come on and be a 25-minute player each half, coming in and just making incisive runs behind the back line, I think that's absolutely something that Michael Moynihan will look at doing. And maybe there will be some matches where he feels she's, she's needed more from a right-back position going forward, but there might be more where she's needed from a right-wing position. I think especially the way that women's soccer is formatted in that you're not quote-unquote stuck with the 11 that you start the match with. You can change tactics much easier in the middle of the match. I think you'll see Nakia Smith, once she does return, deployed in a lot of different ways. 
I think that McKenna and Gotti's play has given Moynihan the liberty to use Nakia Smith in an attacking option, and that's a good thing for the Wildcats. And if you know they need her back there, they can uh, use her. Uh, with Hannah Davison potentially out, we saw a glimpse of the lineup against Loyola Marymount. Do you think that's the best way to go? I think they moved Cherneski back, Stahlschmidt played up top, and Steigler dropped into the middle. I think that's the best center back option they have. What what do you think is a, do they have another option? Yeah, I like seeing Ngati play in that second center back role. You and I were talking about this. It's been so long since we've seen anybody else even play center back. We really didn't know who the third choice center back on this squad was. It looks like that's going to be Ngati with Cherneski moving to an outside back role. That's probably how it will be going forward. And I think that's probably the best option because really we just don't know. Because Davison and Sharples have been such a consistent threat in defense. And every single match they're starting together and playing together. And with very rare exceptions, playing the whole 90. And there's never been a question back there. They've, they've almost played, they've played the whole 90 in almost every match they've been in at their career at Northwestern. Rare exceptions was maybe a blowout where they, they came out for a few minutes. You know, moving on, let's look at this weekend, Austin. They only have one game on Sunday, the first of a three-game homestand, against Cincinnati. And you and I both think this is going to be a very tricky game for Northwestern. I think this hold-on conference schedule, you and I think, yeah. is going to be pretty tricky. No, I think e- that no was easy the, games in here. And that was the intention from Michael Moynihan. Last year, his team performed well in the non-conference, but outside of their uh, inner-city rival, DePaul, they weren't, they weren't tested. Uh, you know, Illinois State maybe was the closest thing to a test in the non-conference last year. Marquette, okay. Uh, but certainly nothing to the level that they've seen so far in this non-conference and what they'll continue to see. Honestly, very, the, maybe the worst team they're going to play in non-con was Illinois State. That's a very was a solid team. team. And, you know, Northwestern made them look not great in the second half, but that was a tough game. And I think that was the, the easiest one. I think they're all going to be really challenging from here on out. Yeah, and, and so this Cincinnati team comes in. They're 3-0-1, uh, a draw against Pitt, a win against Miami, and a couple of more non-conference wins. Um, obviously, you and I have not done any deep, advanced scouting. Uh, they have a player, Vanessa Giles, who has scored four goals this year, uh, but she's a 5-7 defender, so that leads me to believe that set pieces are going to be somewhere that we could see Cincinnati try to work, and we saw Northwestern struggle with that this weekend. We did not see them struggle with it all year, but against Long Beach State, the first goal that the 49ers scored was from that, and Loyola Marymount got a goal off of a set piece as well, and that's something that we have not seen from Northwestern the past few years. It's been kind of long crosses into the box and just a header to deflected past Lauren Clem, Maybe that's something teams are scouting against Northwestern, but it's it's really rare that there's been one area that they've kind of been so vulnerable in. So they definitely need to tighten that up. You know, look, looking at this weekend, Austin, how do you think this game is going to go? I think it's going to go a lot like most Northwestern women's soccer game goes. The Wildcats are going to be content, if you will, to concede possession. Um, they'll be okay with Cincinnati looking to attack them. They'll ask them to break them down from the run of play, which is still challenging to do against this team. Cincinnati's only conceded twice this year. Those both came in a 2-2 draw against that Pitt team that I mentioned earlier. Uh, So I think they'll probably be a pretty stingy defensive team as well. And I think this is probably going to be another game where it's, you know, 1-0, 1-1, 2-1 is is about what you'll see. That's how Northwestern wants to play. Looks like that's how Cincinnati wants to play, and I think that's how this match will play out. And then, who's your key player for Northwestern this week? I personally, I think someone needs to to step up in the back if Hannah Davidson's not in. So it's whoever's playing the center back role. But if Hannah's there, uh, 
I think we need Brenna Oliveira to have another great game up top. Yeah, it was good to see Brenna Oliveira get back on the score sheet. I think you and I have both been uh, quite pleased to see the way that she started this year. It doesn't look like there's any ill effects of that ACL tear from last year, which is always a concern with a, a cruciate ligament injury like that, especially only 10 months removed from it. So to see her coming back, playing really with the same style that she did beforehand, uh, other than, I said this on a broadcast, but other than the knee brace that she's wearing, it, it doesn't look like there's any sort of difference in her game. That's good. You definitely want to continue to see that. Uh, Steigletter, I think, is the player that I'm going to have my eye on. She's shown a, a wicked right foot in the first couple of matches so far this year. I'd like to see that continue. I'd like to see her maybe be a bit more selfish. Uh, I thought there was an instance when this team was trying to get back in the match against Long Beach when they were still only a goal down, uh, where I thought Steigletter could have probably taken a shot on after she got into a really good position, opted to, 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 to go for the pass on to a charging attacking player. It didn't work out. I wouldn't have been opposed to seeing her let one rip with her right foot. We haven't seen a lot of players who can challenge a goalkeeper from distance in this Northwestern team, but I think Steigletter is that, and you get the element of surprise on your hand, and I think that could be something that I'd like to see Steigletter specifically add just a sprinkle more into her game. And in women's soccer, the goalies usually aren't too tall, so if you can keep those shots from distance on frame, you always have a chance. Lauren Clem... Even Lauren Clem got beaten with a shot from distance against Little Marymount that second goal. Worth noting, though, Cincinnati's goalkeeper is 5'11", their starting goalkeeper, so could be an athlete, yeah. could just be big. You never know. But regardless of, of who's standing in the opposition's net, I'd like to see Steigletter let rip from distance maybe once or twice a match. Yeah, she hit the crossbar in, in one of those games that you and I did, so let's see it. See what happens. Yeah, last year the Bear uh, Bearcats 11-5-4 didn't make the NCAA tournament, but... You know, that's a pretty solid record nonetheless, getting over 10 wins. And some interesting stuff, they were 7th in the country in shots per game with just over 23. 33rd in the country with nine, really high tally. 9 shots per game. So that's a lot of shots, but here's where it's really interesting. Their scoring offense was only 130th in the country with 1.5 goals per game. So that screams out to me the finishing, maybe not that good. Well, and Northwestern will be content to give low percentage shots all night all afternoon. Uh, they're never really going to be concerned by teams shooting from distance. You said it. Clem got beat from distance this weekend. That's not going to happen very often, and very rarely are you going to see a team with a skill position player that can really threaten. So those kind of spinning scuff shots that roll into the 18, never going to trouble Northwestern. And pretty other thing to note uh, about this team is they foul a lot. 12 fouls a game on average. And we saw that Long Beach State game get very physical. We saw Grace Orndorff get sent off. We saw some tough calls maybe go against Northwestern. Some tough calls maybe go against yeah. Long Beach. That's going to happen. It's and collegiate it just, women's soccer. But if the game gets physical, we saw that against Long Beach. So that could be something to watch for once again here. And mentally, for Northwestern, if you're, if you're a Wildcat, you can't let that get into your head. And that looked kind of the case against Long Beach State. You know, obviously the the referee was frustrating uh, for the Cats, and that's why Grace Orndorff got sent off two yellow cards for dissent, which is really, really rare for a team, you know, you think to be very disciplined under Moynihan. So if it gets chippy here in Evanston on Sunday, the Wildcats have to keep their heads. Um... Do you want to do a prediction, Austin? Do you do you have? I'm one? on the broadcast. So I can't you, do a prediction. Do a prediction. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who says we don't have ethics on kicking it? No, I don't think no, anybody no says one. we don't have ethics. But we do. Like, I'll give my prediction. I won't be on the call for this one. Uh, I'll say Northwestern grinds out a 1-0 win, kind of like the DePaul game. I think it'll be pretty scrappy though. Set piece or non-set piece? 
Oh, set piece. Yeah, yeah it's a set piece. It's always a set piece. It's a set piece. Yeah, Kayla Sharples getting back on the score sheet. Yeah. All right, and we'll see. <laughs> sure. Um, that, that pretty much wraps it up for our Northwestern women's soccer talk. Let's move on to the men, Austin. A little bit less of a sample size here. We've only seen two games. You and I called Stat their- 202 shout-out, sample size. Sorry. It's, you know, class are about to start, so. Getting back into the, the yeah. Remind our, our listeners uh, that I did in fact take a math class at Northwestern. Wow, it was, it wasn't it was, even it was all eight the way a, it was eight a.m. in the morning too. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Apologies. Well, yeah, Sample size small, meaning we don't have a ton to draw on for this team. Yeah. But an overtime win against Valparaiso, a two 0 loss against Missouri Kansas City, where uh, by all accounts a Brazilian football match broke out in Kansas City. A lot of cards going out. That's how I like to see football played. Um, a decent start, I think, for Tim Lenahan's bunch, uh, especially that Valparaiso game. I admit you and I were there. What were your takeaways from that one? You know, I thought Northwestern had the right idea of keeping the ball the whole time, possessed the whole match against, I think, an opponent they were better than because they were able to do so, but a little bit purposeless with the ball, you know, not moving it really great. That being said... They, they did well to win in overtime. Two well-taken goals, one off of a set piece. Uh, you know, some of the freshmen looked all right. That offense is always going to be a little anemic just under Tim Lenahan without a, a really talented, creative player to side. Two years ago, they had Joey Calistri and Cole Misimo, who I think really helped them. Now they don't have that. Elozuma's kind of stranded, so they will struggle to score, but Colgate is a team I'm looking at that they can hold the ball against. And I think the the other thing about Valpo is when they play with the ball so much, they made one mistake that entire game, and they conceded pretty easily. Like they lost the ball, and Valpo was on them, and it was a goal from seven yards out, which they didn't really have a chance to stop. So you just have to take care of the ball. You do, and that's the thing about that possession is if you're going to play that style, one you have to be certain in your passing because as we saw against the Crusaders. The second that pass goes off, you either need to reset and recover yeah. or not make that pass in the yeah, first case because they conceded so quickly. And the second thing about that is, as you said, have that possession but maybe have a bit of purpose. Uh, I felt personally in watching that match that at times Northwestern got stranded on a particular flank and it felt like they were just passing in triangles but never going anywhere. And it looked like reversals were there, but the Wildcats, for whatever reason, weren't able to take advantage of it. So I think that's something to watch if you're going to play in that style. And, and there's no certainty that Northwestern is going to look to play in that style continuously. But when they do play a possession game, you have to be willing and able to reverse the ball from the right side of the pitch to the left, and then if needed, back to the right to shift that defense and find more spaces to attack. Yeah, and I think you know there are some possession styles that aren't as dangerous. Because if you keep the ball in the midfield a lot and you lose it, okay, you can get back. But so much of Northwestern's offense is keeping the ball with the center backs and exchanging between them. And you misplay a square ball there and you're done. That's That was the problem, I thought. And you mentioned in that Colgate match we could, we could definitely see Northwestern look to play with some of that possession style. But it is worth noting... Um, Andrew McLeod, Matias Tomasino, both will be serving red card suspensions. They both got sent off against the ruse of UMKC. So that is probably your best, one of your best defensive they, midfielders. They, they might be Wall. able to rescind um, Matias Tomasino's red card because it was a team red card, mm -hmm. and they picked him 
just said, you have to get off the field. Gotcha. But uh, McLeod is definitely out. So that's one of your center backs that you're looking to hold possession with that will be out. It'll be interesting to see if maybe Ruben Walfelt, who's a defensive midfielder by nature, maybe drops back into a center back role. We know this team is a little bit shallow in defensive talent, so we might see that happen. It'll be interesting to yeah. see what Tim <clears throat> Lanahan does with his tactics in that match. Yeah, uh, speaking with Tim after that Valpo game, he said, we really only had four defenders coming in. Um, McLeod, the freshman Opperman, we'll talk about the freshman in a bit, um, John Motterwell, and Riley Kelleher, and one of them went down, and he said the only other defender we really had was Cameron Martin, and Cameron Martin sidelined with an injury that uh, is going to keep him out for quite a long time. So who's going to play? And I think Ruben Walfeld is an interesting scenario. I thought maybe even Matias Tomasino would drop back. If he's eligible to play, that could be an option. I'm, I'm not really sure. It's it's kind of nuts right now. Yeah, it's and, and that's what happens sometimes, especially when matches may become fast and furious. You have to make adjustments. Um, Walfelt would be playing out of position, but he has those defensive instincts that I think he's probably the best person to put in there. <laughs> I don't think you'd want to change your tactics completely and go to something like three in the back. Um, we saw Northwestern with quote-unquote three at the back against Valpo, but it was in reality more of a five. Yeah, and the, I think the way that they Matias Tomasino is a midfielder that plays really deep to protect mm-hmm. his back four and kind of drops in between. And as you mentioned, their wing backs get really wide and high up the pitch, Kelleher and Motherwell. Maybe one of them, you know, moves into a central role and an outside midfielder plays a wing back. Well, Linehan has a few options, but if we're being honest, neither of them are very appealing. He's going to have to be inventive, and someone's going to have to step up in an uncomfortable role. And this is where Tim Lenahan's tactics will, will come into play because, you know, he's a very experienced coach. He's going to have to coach around a hole in his team, and I think he's very capable of doing that in this Colgate game. Feels like a match that Northwestern can absolutely get something from. Syracuse, on the other hand, who the Wildcats will be playing on Sunday, a very, very good program, a lot of talented players in that Syracuse side. This kind of feels like Northwestern will be going up against a team that has a bit more talent than them, and that will probably admit mean that we'll see the tactics shift. That'll be a park-the-bus game akin to last year versus Indiana twice, got to overtime both times, and last year versus Notre Dame also got to overtime where they won that one. So that's going to be a lot of defending and hope for a long ball to counter, maybe one goal. That's going to be a tough one for Northwestern. I, I, I really don't see them getting a result. Uh, on the road on Sunday against a very good Syracuse team. But stranger things have happened, Austin. Stranger things have happened, and we said this on our broadcast of the Valparaiso game in their season opener. Northwestern actually did fairly well playing that style last year. When the results came, they were against very good teams. Notre Dame, uh, a game where Northwestern conceded a lot of possession and still was able to win in overtime. Indiana twice, you said they took them to overtime in the Big Ten tournament. They took them to overtime and got out with a result in the regular season. So this is the type of match that while, yes, it's it's difficult for Northwestern, uh, that doesn't mean that it's, it's a non-starter because this team has shown that they can play in that style. They have to be secure at the back. They have to be secure in their passing. They have to be have security in goal, whether it's Tomasino starting, whether it's Miskovic who starts. Regardless of who plays, they have to be secure. But it's not out of the realm of possibility to see them get something from this match. And, and in talking about some of the freshmen that we've seen, I think they're a bit more dangerous on the counterattack than they have been in years past. Uh, I liked a Drew lot of... Viscomi yeah. is a name... He's just really shifty with the ball. He's quick. Uh, I like what I've seen from him with the ball on his feet. And then Tommy Katsianis also, another quick, you know, shifty 
slight player, a little bit bigger than Muscomi, but the two of them give Northwestern some creativity on the wings. They do. Which is a little better than they had last year. And Matt Motterwell, I thought, was was dangerous coming forward he, from a wing position as well. So there are there's pace on the wings. Um, it's probably a certainty that they're going to concede possession against Syracuse. There's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with doing that. The issue is, all right, when we do get that possession, when Northwestern does get possession, they have to make it count. And speedy play on the wings is how you'll make that count with Ozumba and Mazzola making runs. You might only, and, and kind of going off of that, you might only get four and a half chances in this match. The key is you have to take them. Yeah, They're not in a situation where Northwestern will be creating, chan- most likely creating chances left and right that you can waste a couple. If you only get four in a match, you have to make them count. And set pieces, you know, we talk about it all the time with the women's team, but, you know, helps the men's team out a bit. Matias Tomasino's delivery has been pretty good from anywhere within, you know, 40, 50 yards. Especially if they get both Ozumba and Mazzola on the pitch at the same time. Because those are two big bodies, and it's hard to account for not just one two big bodies in the box, you know, they can play off of each other. Um, so that does, you know, make Northwestern dangerous on those set pieces, like you said. Um, other freshmen, maybe we – I think those are the three three big ones. And then, you know, the other thing that I wanted to mention is Ty Seeger got that game-winning goal. He, he looked pretty impressive to me. He, he got two assists in the preseason. Really his assists were two headers he got up and won. Rebounds fell to Sean Lynch. I thought Seeger's been improved so far in his second year, and I think he's he's a good option for Northwestern on the wing. He kind of starts there, and Katsianis gave him a spell. And Seeger was aggressive, and I think that was important to see. One freshman um, that we have mentioned but definitely deserves a bit more is Garrett Opperman. Thought he was very secure in the back line. Um, at 6'1", 180, he's the center back that maybe has a bit more license to go forward for set pieces. I think he could be dangerous in that type of situation as well. I liked what I saw from Opperman. And if you look at that back line, Opperman, McLeod, that center defense pairing, you know, McLeod won't play against Colgate, but a sophomore and a freshman, there's a lot of future to go for those two playing together and forming a partnership that may not pay off this year, but certainly down the road could. And I think that's the difference kind of, in, if you look at the themes for these two teams, is that Northwestern's women's soccer is kind of at a peak of where they've been as a program and is trying to maintain that level where men's soccer is in a bit of a lull last year, I think, was disappointing for them, and there was a lack of talent. And now this freshman class looks good so far, and, you know, it might not all gel together this year, Austin, but I think realistically for them, they just want to, you know, finish middle of the pack in the Big Ten. I think that would be a good result for Tim Lenahan's side. I think it would be, um, and not just finish in the middle of the pack, but have – a couple results like they had last year. Take a big team to overtime. See if you can get a win there. Get a result. Um, just build positive building blocks so that this core that, as we've said, has, has shown to be fairly exciting, that when they continue to move forward, um, can continue to be dangerous and, 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 ben- and beneficial to this program. And then this weekend, you're neither of us on the call, so then we both give our predictions. Let's start with Colgate. How do you see that one going? 2-1 Northwestern. I was going to say 3-1. I feel like it'll be 2-1, and there might be a late counterattacking goal in it right. for Northwestern. Colgate might get a little desperate chasing a result. And then Syracuse. Interested to hear this one. I'm going to make you go first. I uh, went first on the last one. I'm going to go for a 1-0 overtime loss to Syracuse. North, Tim Lenahan's going to do his magic, but you can't hold a team like that off for 110 minutes. Nil nil. Okay. Going 110. That's that's the, the, the Tim Lenahan way. Uh, I got faith. We can get a result. I believe it. 
that about wraps it up for men's and women's soccer for Northwestern. Anything else you want? You want to mention Austin? You got any things to plug? We'll be. Uh, I will be on the call of the Cincinnati game on Sunday, uh, 1 p.m. Central Time kickoff. WNRSports.com. Looking forward to that one. Uh, and then we'll have some more soccer broadcasts for you coming up next week. Women's soccer on Thursday at home against Missouri. Men's soccer on Friday, opening up Big Ten play against Ohio State. And then women's soccer again next Sunday against Pepperdine. So broadcasts will come thick and furious. I would assume that there will be another podcast for your listening pleasure before those matches. But just to have on your radar. Yeah, and uh, future podcasts right now, we talk about some international soccer. Austin and I are going to cut it short here because... You know, it's still pretty early in the season. And you have, you have an entertaining interview for us to get to. Yeah, by the time this... We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, by the time you all listen to this, you'll have a Michael Moynihan interview, Northwestern women's soccer head coach, at the end of this podcast. We hope you enjoy that one. We're looking to make that a weekly fixture, maybe even chat with some players in the future. Uh, coach has got a lot of great things to say, and we're, we're interested in hearing from him. Reminder, you can follow us on SoundCloud. You can also follow us on iTunes, subscribe. We show up right in the app. Uh, follow us on Twitter, too. That's how you get your latest WNUR content. I'm Mitt Malik, Jordan Boston Miller. Thanks for listening to Kicking It on WNUR Sports. Tune in this Sunday uh, for the match against Cincinnati. Hi, I'm Mitt Malik here with WNUR Sports um, with head coach of the women's soccer team, Michael Moynihan. Coach, how are you doing? Good. Uh, we're recording this on Friday morning. Uh, four games into the season so far, Coach. Uh, very impressive season last year. But let's talk about this year so far. You started your season with, I thought, a really good win at home over DePaul 1-0. What are your overall impressions from, from that win, if you can remember back a bit? Yeah, it was good to get off you know, to a good start again uh, against a strong team. DePaul you know, was the reigning Big East co-champion, so... Um, you know, we knew it was two top teams from from two you know very good conferences, and to come away with a, a good win. You know, I thought it was a solid one. We didn't really give up much. Uh, there was one scary moment, you know, where we gave up a, a little flurry in front of the goal. But aside from that, I thought you know we looked very solid defensively, and you know just put in a good all-around performance. So it was a nice way to kick off the season. And then moving on from that, uh, a good 3-0 win on the road at Illinois State. Another good team, tournament team last year, conference champions. Late flurry of goals won you the game. How are you guys able to pull through in that one? Yeah, you know, that one, um, we really didn't give up much in that one either. It was uh, it was looking very similar from the standpoint that we were, you know, well in control of the match. And then all of a sudden at the end of the first half, we, we kind of gave away a, a kind of a silly ball and it led to a corner kick that, you know, they hit off the crossbar. And it's like, wow, you know, we, we have to be... Um, focused a little bit better, you know, throughout so that we don't have those little lapses that can, you know, soccer is one of those cruel games that you can do so much domination and then you have a lapse and the other team, you know, is given a lifeline. Um, not just a lifeline, I guess, but they can actually win the game, you know, because uh, it's such a low scoring affair usually. So that got us a little bit rattled, um, but I thought we responded well and came back. Uh, in the second half, and not only did we score three, but we, we probably should have had another three. Um, so I was I was very pleased with that. We just got to, like I said, stay focused a little bit better uh, throughout the entirety. I thought one theme from the opening weekend was that you incorporated your first-year players very well, a lot of them having great starts, and Maddie Kennel getting two goals as well. What have you seen so far from the class of 
2021. They, they looked pretty good. Yeah, I think there's there's a ton of potential there. Every single one of them um, I can see contributing uh, a lot down the road. And, um, you know, the, the thing is they're freshmen, and it's going to take some time for them to get, you know, no matter how good they are, they always seem to come in <laughs> a little bit nervous, a little bit timid, and uh, try to find their way. And I thought... You know, jumping ahead maybe for you, but uh, over this past weekend in California, uh, two that really emerged, uh, Reagan and Maddie. I mean, they'd both done well, but they were really good, I thought, on the road. And what we saw was our team in some pretty tough adversity and two freshmen that stepped up and just showed tremendous will, passion to win, get back in the game, and the ability to do it. Um, you know, they were both instrumental in creating really good chances for us and, and uh, creating some good momentum for us. So that was nice. I think uh, some of the others, you know, were starting to see signs of the same, um, but they're still finding their way a little bit and trying to find their confidence. One other name I, I want to mention is you've put uh, Maqueda and Dottie in on your back line to start the season, which is, you know, a position you trust a lot at right back. How has she adapted well into fitting into your you know, noteworthy, very good defense. Yeah, she's done well. Uh, I thought she played particularly well against um, uh, Long Beach State out in California. Um, she had a little bit of a rough outing in the next match, and then we saw another freshman come in and do a really nice job in the second half, Michaela Hampton. Um, so, you know, I, I think part of it, you know, for the freshmen, it's, it's just a different animal. Um, they're not used to playing games at such a high intensity so frequently and you know what you do in between games is really important to get yourself ready for the next one and um, you know they're, they're still sorting some of that out but McKenna's been great she's very comfortable on the ball she comes from a program that um, plays really attractive soccer and uh, you know I think she gets the game really well she also brings a, a pretty good physical element which is important to us and then talking about those two games in California a tough loss at Long Beach State and then a come-from-behind-twice draw against Loyola Marymount. What were your thoughts overall on the weekend? Maybe not the results you would hope for, but as you said, you found out about your team in some adversity. Yeah, I mean, the, the Long Beach game, we haven't faced that kind of adversity in a while. Um, in 26 years of coaching collegiately, we've never had a red card uh, as a coaching staff, and this was our first. Um, you know, there's some accountability we need to take for it. Um, as is usually the case, but it it was harsh, and um, we felt wronged by a lot of things that went on in the match. And uh, I think we, you know, we probably lost our composure a little bit, um, which is a hard thing to do. You know, uh, it's a hard thing to keep your composure in some of those situations because they're a good team. You know, and and we were stretched as it was playing eleven on eleven, and when we went down a, a player, uh, it really uh, was hard for us. Um, what I loved was uh, they kind of, I think they realized as the game was happening that they had lost their composure a little bit. They found a way to restore it, and we came back, you know, even a man down and had a couple of really good chances right at the end of the game to get back in it, and, you know, the fight never left them. So I thought that was really neat to see, um, you know, not the result we wanted. I felt like if the numbers were even, we were definitely in the match, and, I trust our kids to come back, you know, like we did against LMU. And, um, you know, we didn't didn't really have the same opportunity. Uh, so that was a little frustrating. And Brenna Lavera got back on the score sheet after returning from her injury last year. 
What does that say about her confidence and how far she's come? Yeah, I mean, I think anybody coming off an injury for that long uh, has a little bit of doubt, a little bit of wonder about, you know, how it's going to be. Am I going to be the same player? And, you know, you go through a lot of that, and it's uh, it takes time. Um, you know, we're, we've been, I think, very patient with Brenda's uh, comeback, and I think it's helped her. Um, we still want to be patient, but I, I know that second half and overtime, that's the, the most minutes she's played in a long, long time, and she was pretty <laughs> wiped out afterward. Um, but she was influential in the game in a way that uh, you know we probably haven't seen since prior to that Rutgers match uh, when she went down, and um, it was really good to see that. You know, it's the confidence is coming back, the the uh, belief that that she can, you know, not just be as good as she was, but be even better. I think is is there for her now. Last year, you guys started the season on a really incredible 10-0 run. This year, the schedule is a, is a lot harder. I think maybe by some design. You know, how do you tell your team to keep battling through, you know, like we said, not the results they would have hoped for, but the team looks, I think, a little better than it did last year, if that's possible. How do, how do you kind of go through that with the rest of non-conference play? Yeah, you know, it, our, our message is just, I'm not, I'm not freaking out after we lost the game. Um, I, I find it amusing how many people come out like, you okay? Like, you know, and I'm like, we're good teams, you know, this, we can't expect to win everything. And... Um, the important thing for me is that we get better all the time. I, I love the team chemistry. I think it's probably the best I've ever seen. Uh, last year was fantastic, and I think we're even you know continuing to build on that. I think there are areas of our game where we're a little better, but there's other game you know there's other areas we're not quite as good. Um, we really miss you know we had Nakia and Caitlin Moore in the back last year. We, I mean they were confident, athletic, you know. Uh, now we have some some younger players, you know, trying to step in and match what they did, and it's it's going to take them some time, you know, the the Rachel Zampas and the Mary Ericksons that were really good in the air, um, you know, we don't have quite the same aerial presence that maybe we had in the past, and uh, those are things that we got to sort out, and it might change the way we play a little bit, um, but I love the attitudes, and I love uh, some of the other things that are happening on the field. I think there's a a ton of potential here. And just talking about that one point, you know, set pieces have always been a great way for your teams to, to get on the board uh, in years past. I, we saw one of those goals against DePaul. How do you how do you plan to keep that as a strength? You, you mentioned you lost Mary Erickson, a great dead ball hitter, and Zampa, who gave you some height. You still look good, but what's the plan for set pieces going forward? Yeah, we got to change some things a little bit. I mean, our primary target, everybody knows who it is. <laughs> And uh, I don't need to say the number, I don't think. Um, you know, we, we, we have to find ways to have the quality service. I think if we just give her quality service, no matter who matches up with her, she's going to have a chance. And um, she's really, really difficult to stop. I, we played Butler in an exhibition game, and um, I remember uh, it was a set piece late in the game, and the, the coach from the other team was one of the assistant coaches, just kept yelling, watch watch, watch, watch number, watch number, and uh, sure enough, free kick, bam, upper corner, header, you know, it was like, yeah, you told them, <laughs> but you can't stop her, um, and we have some other, you know, I mean, obviously there's, Michelle is still very good in the air, um, Hannah's very good in the air, we have some other people that have a little bit different aptitudes around the goal, so, uh, you know, it's early in the season, we haven't done much with set pieces, but that'll start to become more creative, and, um, hopefully utilize some other strengths that we have. 
And then looking forward to this weekend, just one game on Sunday against Cincinnati. Another good team. They've started their season well, too. Um, you know, what's the mentality heading into this match? Not going to say you need to right the ship. I think everything's fine. But, you know, what's your plan to get through points? Yeah, I mean, one thing is our, our players take a lot of pride in playing at home. Last year we were undefeated at home. And uh, they're very adamant about maintaining a you know, winning uh, form, I guess, at home. It's important for the fans. It's important, you know, to, to defend the home turf. Um, in relation to last weekend, you know, I think uh, they want to win, you know. And the way we came at Loyola Marymount at the end of that game shows it, you know. I mean, there was a lot of drive, and we were really close to winning it on a couple occasions. And, uh, you know, I, I think we have players that just want to get it done. They want to they feel that surge that comes when you win, you know, a, a good game. And uh, that's all we're really looking for. Cincinnati will be a tough game, though. They're, they're undefeated. They've beaten some good teams from tough conferences already. Um, they're big and strong. Um, they play a pretty direct style. So it's, it's, uh, it's not going to be an easy one. And um, I don't know. I look forward to it, testing ourselves again. Last question for you, Coach. If you had to name maybe one or two players who you're really looking to to step up this weekend, who would they be? Well, um, you know, I, I think uh, on the defensive side, we're just looking for that focus and consistency that I talked about. I don't know who it's going to come from, um, but the challenge is out there to, to find that. Uh, we did play the last match without Hannah Davison, who played every single match, I think maybe every minute, um, last season, and that was a big loss. So obviously, if she's not able to play, then we need somebody to, to fill in that role with the same consistency that Hannah has. That's not going to be easy. On the offensive side, we need, you know, can Brenna Lavera step up and, and keep getting back into her form, um, cause problems for them, you know, create some, some chances. And I, I think we need somebody besides Brenna as well, you know, whether that comes from a midfielder like Reagan or Maddie, who I think are very potent coming out of the midfield, or Kaylee Stahlschmidt, or, you know, one of the returning players, Olivia Corhonen, had a good weekend last weekend, um, Maria Fiel. So we need somebody else to emerge as a consistent threat um, and hopefully you know they can start putting some points on the board with Brenna. Great, thanks a lot coach, good luck this weekend. Alright, thank you.